This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is value. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Looking for more than just a job? Look in the right place. For a career that inspires you, visit ChristianJobs.com. That's ChristianJobs.com. We've been hearing a lot about Uber lately, so we decided to get out there and talk to some actual Uber partners to get our questions answered. Is signing up to drive with Uber really hard? Nope. Signing up with Uber is super easy. It was simple and easy. Okay, but can I drive my own car? Yes, yes, yes. You get to drive your own car. But my roommate doesn't even have a car. Can she drive with Uber? They can help her get a car, too. I wouldn't be able to get a vehicle if it wasn't for Uber. It took me less than six hours to get a car. So you could just sign up and earn money. Sign up, drive, and you make some money. You're saying... I can just use the smartphone app to make money whenever I want? Yeah, you just open the app whenever you feel like driving. All I have to do is turn on my phone, hit the road, and I start making money. Are the hours good? I work less hours and I make more money. I'm my own boss now, so I set my own hours. Okay, this all sounds pretty great. What do you think I should do? You need to sign up for Uber. You can make serious life-changing money when you drive with Uber. Get started today at drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drivewithuber.com. You want to feel connected, informed, included, inspired. So when important things happen, we're here. Your local radio and TV broadcasters, America's number one source for news, weather, and information on your radio, TV, computer, tablet, and smartphone. We are broadcasters, always here for you, wherever here may be. Tell Washington local stations matter by texting radio to 52886. Furnished by NAB in this station, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Peter Nielsen, and I'm excited to say that my new home for Peter's Principles Radio is right here on Faith Talk 1500. Join me every Saturday at 12 noon so we can truly get better together. Peter's Principles is really about one word. It's about God's hope. And to me, hope means having optimum positive emotions about something that seems nearly impossible. Join me every Saturday at 12 noon so we can finish the race strong together. Ramsey Solutions presents Chris Brown's True Stewardship. What if American households today got serious about stewardship? Not some old historic church word and not some fundraising campaign, but true biblical stewardship, managing God's blessings, God's way for God's glory. Welcome to Chris Brown's True Stewardship. Here's your host, Chris Brown. Well, hello, folks. I am coming to you from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. This is Chris Brown's True Stewardship, where we talk about the good things and the not-so-brilliant things that we do in life and we do with money. We're reclaiming stewardship. God has a lot to say about money and about living this life intentionally for His glory. Much more about that at stewardship.com. Again, that's stewardship.com. Phone lines are open, 866-357-3283. Again, that's 866-357-3283. Give us a call. I thought that we'd start off today and um, talk a little bit about a reality check. Let's talk about a reality check. Where are finances in America? Where is giving in America? 
you might do life with a group of people that uh, maybe they're doing great financially and maybe it gives you a perspective that's not necessarily that accurate. Or maybe you have a sphere of influence that's really, really, really um, struggling financially and maybe that's not accurate. So let's take a look at uh, how finances are doing uh, throughout America. Did you know that approximately 70% of you, 70% of us as Americans are living paycheck to paycheck? What does that mean? That means if one paycheck doesn't show up, there's an issue. The average American household is spending $1.26 for every dollar that they earn. They're spending money that they don't have. Are you part of that research or are you not? That research comes to us from Lifeway. And so that's where finances are in America. Uh, 70% of living paycheck to paycheck and really... There's another group of folks, another 18% that are actually doing worse than paycheck to paycheck. They can't even meet the needs and the demands of the weekly schedule and the monthly schedule. So that's where America's at. Uh, The facts about giving that we need to know, according to George Barna Research, 5% of adult Americans give a tenth of their income to nonprofit organizations. That's all nonprofits. That's all denominations. That's uh, churches and not, you know, other nonprofits. Um, and then among born-again Christians, well, 12% tithe. We get the question on here a lot. Do I give off the gross or the net? Well, shoot. Does it even matter? Only 12% of us are doing it. 88% of you aren't doing it at all. Let's start with 10% of the net, and that's going to go from there. But um, 5% of adult Americans are given a tenth, 12% among born-again Christians. Uh, studies show that on average, this is according to empty tomb research, evangelical Christians as a whole, if you put us all into one bucket, are giving less than 3% of our income. Three, so you have $100,000 coming in your household, you're giving less than $3,000 a year towards nonprofits or towards charity in any way. Now, this is not a new problem. This isn't just a 2015 problem. This isn't because supposedly the world is crashing. No, this is a problem that's been around for a long time. In 1969, over 40 years ago, total giving in America was 3.03%. In 2012, it was 2.21%. And so we're looking right at about 3% for 40-plus years. Uh, again, in 2009, uh, right coming out of the recession, it was 2.38. So it's not a recession issue. It must be something else. Did you know, according to Relevant Magazine, that if members of Christian churches actually gave 10% of their income, an additional $165 billion would be available for kingdom work? $165 billion with a B. Now, why are people not giving? Why are you not giving? Why, during certain seasons of our life, are we not giving? Well, some would say it's because of a rebellious heart. We just have a rebellious heart. I'm here to tell you it's not because of that. Are there a few people, are some of you out there frustrated that the children's ministry didn't get enough money? Or I'm just not giving because I've got a rebellious heart? Um, there might be a few. But overall, you're looking at a very, very large stat, and um, that research is not all based on a rebellious spirit in the entire country. It's also not because there's a problem with the way the church handles the money. Are Are you upset that maybe a microphone was too expensive? There might be a couple of you out there that's upset about something like that. 
But as a whole, that 3% number is not because of a bunch of people out there are upset with the way the church handles the money. That's not the real issue. There's also not a lack of desire. I mean, I think all of us desperately want to add value. We want to contribute. If you watch the news for any time at all, when that TV host, and they talk about maybe a segment that's actually positive news, and they get on there and they say, man, so-and-so gave to so-and-so. This organization contributed uh, money towards even Charleston recently when Starbucks gave money towards that and uh, other organizations gave money towards Charleston. That's a positive thing. People want to do that. So it's not a lack of desire. The real reason is America's broke. America is struggling with debt. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're in that research. The bottom line is we've got great intentions, but being intentioned for ministry is nothing without being positioned for ministry. Well, the bottom line is we can't be generous because our income is already going towards payments. I'll go back to that research. 70% are living paycheck to paycheck. They're considered normal. They're broke. They're busted. Maybe you're part of that stat. You know, only 2% of America, 2% of America is millionaires. That means that they have a fully funded emergency fund. They're completely out of debt. They got paid off cars. They got paid off houses. They've been investing for a long time and they're millionaires. There's another 10% that are on their way to become millionaires. They do everything that a millionaire does, but they maybe started a little bit later with their retirement. But that's only 12%. The other 88% are living paycheck to paycheck or worse. Our goal, guys, on this show, our goal is to make sure that we can climb out of that research. We can climb out of those statistics that we would not be part of the 88%, but we would be intentioned or we would be positioned for our intentions. And the reality is whenever we talk about giving, that we just can't. We, our money is already obligated. So we've got to have a plan. If we're ever going to be givers, if we're ever going to be able to um, explore that part of our discipleship as a believer, then we're going to have to have a plan on how we can get positioned for our intentions. We're just going to have to do it. We're going to have to get a plan together. So there you go. There is finances in America. There is a giving in America. That's not our research. Uh, that's from Barna. That's from Empty Tomb. That's from Relevant Magazine, uh, Leadership Network, uh, a bunch of great resources um, and uh, sources uh, for, uh, for information. So that's where America's at, and that's why we have this show, Chris Brown's True Stewardship. And we're excited today to start the show off talking to Michael in Houston, Texas. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I am fantastic. How can I help you? Me and my wife, we really started taking hold of our finances a couple of years ago. We actually just paid off our final car payment uh, last night, paid off the car to be debt-free completely outside of the mortgage. Good job. Thank you. Um, but when we were looking at the budget, um, we struggle a little bit, especially myself, with tithing. Um, we do attend church. Uh, see more than me. I'm starting to gain more momentum to go with it every week. I think that's important for both of us to do that together. Yeah. Uh, but the question with tithing is, I understand the 10% should go to God, but does it have to go necessarily to that building that I'm worshiping? And can I do a percentage to there, another, let's say, like say 5% to them and 5% to other random, you know, foundations that represent God and what we're trying to accomplish? I want, I want to be able to do more with my money than just give it to a specific building that I'm worshiping in. Is that wrong, or is that should be like a flat 10 there, and then if I wanted to give more, then only then could I give elsewhere? 
Yeah, I wouldn't say that your mindset is wrong from a standpoint of you just um, you're a bad person for thinking that way at all. I mean, it's not that. It's just what is tithing about? Uh, tithing is initially started with first fruits. It was I'm going to present my first fruits to God. It's a returning. It's a trusting thing. And, uh, you know, and I, don't, I don't wouldn't say that you're giving to a building. You're giving to a community. You're giving to a body of people. And a building happens to be hap- happens to be a very logical place for them to meet. Um, but you're giving to a community. You see, the the gospel's free, but the the it's not it's not necessarily freely preached. You know, it takes money to be able to uh, congregate, to be able to put together an experience, to make sure that you know it just it, it it does. It just takes money to do that and to do it well and do it in an organized fashion and make sure everyone's discipled, that they're experiencing community. Um, so that's what you're giving to the local storehouse. It's the a beacon of hope. It's the light of the world. It's it's God's plan A, the local church. It's it is the bride of Christ, and so that's what that's all about. And then and that comes from Malachi, chapter three, verses six through twelve, and it talks about giving to the local storehouse specifically. Um, so and then in, okay. and in Matthew twenty three twenty three in the New Testament, it talks about. Um, well, it says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the most important matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. And here's what Jesus says. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So he wants us to continue to tithe, to give to the local storehouse. And um, so that's really what it's all about. And uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers once. So we just have to remember, uh, Michael, that uh, God wants us to give not for him. He wants us to give for us. And um, he wants us to do it his way because he knows that if we do it his way, we'll be under the umbrella of obedience and uh, we'll become better um, spouses, uh, better employees, um, better neighbors. And so uh, hopefully that helps you. I mean, it's really that first 10% is about returning. It's no strings attached. It's just trusting God. So the first 10% should go to your local community, and then if you wanted to give more, then you go after that 10%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I mean, you made it a, a lot more clear than it was ever before than when other people have tried to explain it to me. Returning instead of giving. Uh, once you get past 10%, now you're really giving. Yes, sir. Understood. All right. Thank you, Michael. You're listening to Chris Brown's True Stewardship, and from Minnesota, we have Heather calling in. Heather, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm very grateful. How can I serve you? Well, we are, my husband and I are trying to see if refinancing at this point in our mortgage is the next step. Okay. What What are your current terms? Well, our current terms are... Um, we owe a little less than 80 on our mortgage. Our interest rate is at 5.875. Um, we started, um, we, have a, we had a 30-year mortgage, um, but we do the biweekly payments. So we've been doing that for 11 years, and they say that if you do that, it takes off like seven years of your mortgage. Sure does, yep. So... Um, we have been in our home for 11 years, and um, we're doing the whole Financial Peace University. Good. We're trying to just see if really refinancing at this point and doing another 15-year mortgage would be an option, or if we should extend it out and do another 30-year 
mm-hmm. because then we would pay off the rest of our debts faster. Or yeah. we just don't know if it's a smart decision to even refinance at this point either. Well, I mean, for that amount of your loan to value is going to be great. What's the value of the home? Um, one twenty-five. Okay. Um, so your loan to value is pretty darn good. And then uh, you have another thing working for you is the rates are so low. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we want to do a 15-year fixed is what we want to do. The, the biggest thing is, is you want to weigh out the cost of the refi versus the money saved. And so you're going to be looking at probably 15 to 2.5% in origination fees and and, and other specialty fees, plus plus probably another $1,200. Well, probably not for $80,000, um, maybe another $800 in fees. So just try to do the math. So let's say that's going to cost you $2,500 to refi. And then you ask yourself, okay, so if that's going to save me $100 a month, well, it's going to take me 25 months for that to pay off. Was it really going to take that long? Um, or maybe it's going to save you $200 a month. So then you think you just do the math on how long it's going to take you to break even your break even analysis. My guess is, is that it doesn't make sense to refi because you guys are so aggressive and you're doing your, you're, you're so aggressive and paying it off so fast that you're almost expediting what, what a refi would do for you. And you're just, just nailing it yourself with no fees. So I would lean that way, but it's not necessarily the case. If it's going to take you seven years to, to do it with your current method, but the refi is gonna is gonna make sense to do it um, where it's gonna pay off financially for you is gonna maybe be four years. Well, then you might want to do it. But uh, I like you going to a fifteen year fixed at maybe like three point eight or three point five. Um, I mean, I like that. But if the refi, if you've already have a loan and the refi is not gonna make sense for you, then you're already in a sense doing a fifteen fifteen year mortgage. It's not formal, right. but you're doing right. it. Um, so. Don't do the refi just for the legalism of doing the ref- You have to have a 15-year mortgage. Yeah. Make sure it makes sense in the cost analysis. So, again, the two things you're weighing, the cost of the refi versus the amount of money saved. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks. Well, folks, we're talking about living smart with our money. Now is the perfect time. To start living smart with your money, you need a plan that works. Financial Peace University offers practical and easy-to-follow steps that have helped over 2.5 million families get out of debt and learn how to handle money God's way. You can take Financial Peace University in a local class, as a home study, or online. Take the first step towards changing your future with Financial Peace University and visit stewardship.com. That's stewardship.com, or you can call us at 866-357-3283. Again, that's 866-357-3283. You're listening to Chris Brown's True Stewardship. If you have a question for Chris, email him at chrisonair at stewardship.com. That's chrisonair at stewardship.com. Or call him at 866-357-3283. That's 866-357-3283. And now let's continue with Chris Brown's True Stewardship. Here's Chris. This email comes in from Aaron. He's emailing in from San Diego, California. Thank you for your show. You're a great inspiration for my family's finances. I have so many questions. I could take up a full week of your show. I've, got, I've had seasons in my life where I could have done the same thing. I've always been a saver, so we have close to four months of salary in our emergency fund, a little over $17,000. 
Prior to finding your show, my wife and I took out a car loan because that's what everyone does, right? We took money out of our emergency fund for a down payment. Our loan has a balance of less than $14,000. My question is, should I pull money out of our emergency fund to pay off the balance of the loan? After paying the car loan off, we would rebuild the emergency fund. Thank you for your help and for being an inspiration. And the survey says, yes, take that money out and pay off that loan. Pay off that car. Let's uh, go back to the baby steps, a little bit of review. Baby step one is save $1,000. Baby step two is to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Baby step three is to save up three to six months in an emergency fund. And baby step four is to start investing 15% of your income towards retirement. Again, Proverbs 22.7, the borrower is enslaved to the lender. Let's make sure we stay out of debt. Next up on Chris Brown's True Stewardship is Eric calling in from Springfield. Eric, how are you? Good, Chris. How about you? I'm very thankful. How can I serve you? Well, I got a little um, predicament. I mean, I guess it's a little bit. Um, I uh, I went to Afghanistan two years ago. I was there for a year, and uh, well, I've got I got three little ones and a wife, and uh, it's it's really hard on them when I'm gone. But mm. uh, thank you for serving. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. And um, well, there's been an opportunity to rise where I could go back for another 365 days, but it's not in the military capacity. It'd be in the um, civilian contractor capacity okay and what is very appealing is the salary that they're offering we're on we're on baby step two of dave ramsey deal how much debt uh we probably got about thirty thousand in cars and credit cards and then another hundred thousand in um, student loans but and and then we have a house and then that's it okay the the amount of money that they're offering would clear up all the cars, all the credit cards, and a pretty good chunk on the student loans. But my issue is is leaving them for a year, putting them through that again, worth that amount of money. And that is the thing I am really, really struggling with because I see the light at the end of the tunnel with the, the green, but the sacrifice I'm going to make on their well-being has really hurt me to, yeah. to, to do. Mm-hmm. So, how many kids did you and say? Three. All right. How how old are they? Uh, my oldest is well, she'll be fourteen here in just a few days, and uh, my middle one is uh, twelve, and then my youngest is seven. Okay. One of the big variables is uh, what's the the difference in salary you would be? What would you be making if you stayed in the states? My wife and I together make uh, seventy five or so, and uh, this would. Just my salary alone would, well, would almost double that. But, okay. But just my salary, it would quadruple my, mm. my individual salary. Gotcha. And I don't want to be greedy because I don't want it to buy a new car or anything yeah. like that because we've already got transportation. We've got a house. We don't need it to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Where's your wife on this? Well, she's about like me. She really, really likes the money part of it. It's the leaving mm-hmm. part of it. That's yeah. the thing that we're, we're both really, really struggling with, and we've been praying and praying about it. We don't know where where to go yet. I mean, we're just and, and we're still in the planning phase of it with with the, with the company. I haven't got the contract yet. It's, yeah, that's a that's a big variable in writing. It'd be great to have some money up front if they're going to value you that much to sure. put that kind of a salary on there. There might be some things that you can get up front if you were to go. Um, yeah. 
you know, my biggest questions are, why is the money so important? And you've answered that. It's, it's, it's for your family. It's not for things. Right. It's for your family's position, which I like. That points towards doing it, that particular variable. Sure. Um, I don't sense any instability in the home. Right. Um, so that points towards doing it, uh, mm -hmm. it that variable by itself. Um, the ages of your kids, uh, that one stings a little. Um, that points yeah. uh, a little bit towards staying. Right. Um, the biggest variable here, and I can't make this decision for you, but the biggest right. variable here is that you guys all make the decision together. Sure. And I would strategically plan travel throughout the journey. So I would already have that pre-planned. How often are you going to come back? And there's clear expectations if you do this. Am I coming back once a month? Am I coming back every two months? How often are we talking on the phone? Um, all of those kind of things. And, and let's say that you're, you're going to go from, um, you know, 75K to 200K. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, even budget uh -huh. for travel a year uh, to come back so that you, you already pre-budget that. So you're not, you know, in the middle of, you know, she's having a meltdown with three kids by herself and you're feeling homesick and you're like, well, we can't. We just can't afford the $3,000 to get back there. Yeah. You've already planned. It's already set aside. And so in the prelim talk, uh, there's already I've already got 30 days of R&R &R that I can use. And so, I mean, I'd, I'd already be able to come back at least 30 days mm -hmm. and I would probably chunk it up into two 15 day increments. Yeah. You know, what's funny yeah. is these things are really hard on a relationship, mm -hmm. but they can actually be used to create more intimacy. Mm -hmm. They can be they can create a memory. The, it's one of these things where you guys think back, you know, five years, seven years, like, man, do you remember when we did that? We did it. Not you did it. I would just make sure it's a we thing the entire – if it's not a we thing, don't go. Yeah. Do not get on that plane unless you guys are both on board. But yeah, um, Roger that. Yeah, I'm not telling you what to do. I, I really don't know all the variables, but um, mm -hmm. I, I just – I would not do it for money. I would do it for what it's going to provide for your family. It's deeper than money. Right. Um, it's hard. And le if you do it, leverage the trip for intimacy. Roger that. Okay. All right. That's great, Chris. I, I appreciate your appreciate your input. All right. Thank you, Eric. And thanks again for serving. You bet. Well, that wraps up this edition of Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. And now, this is normally the point in radio shows where the show host asks you, the show listener, for your financial support. But we're here as a free service. But in order to be able to continue, we need you to help by telling your friends and family to, one, listen to the show. Number two, check out stewardship.com. It's been an honor to serve you today. As always, let's stay connected at Chris Brown on air on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, that's at Chris Brown on air. Today, we've been reminded that God has a lot to say about money. So until next time, let's continue to manage his blessings, his way, and for his glory. God bless you.
ChurchStaffing.com has hundreds of free job listings for pastors, secretaries, maintenance, and IT. Get a job you truly care about. Go to ChurchStaffing.com. ChurchStaffing.com. Are you a homeowner at least 62 years young? Need extra money to make ends meet? With a government-insured reverse mortgage loan, you could use the money as you choose. If you need money, a reverse mortgage could be a real blessing. There's no monthly mortgage payment and you still own your home. Plus, you can use the money to pay off bills, make ends meet, or as you see fit. If you're a homeowner at least 62 and you need money, make this no-obligation call right now and learn how a reverse mortgage may allow you to eliminate your mortgage payment, remain in your home, and get extra cash. Call right now, 1-800-298-0306, 1-800-298-0306, 1-800-298-0306. That's 1-800-298-0306. Borrowers are responsible for paying taxes and insurance. AAG offers FHA home equity conversion loans. AAG is based at 3800 West Chapman Avenue, 3rd floor, Orange, California, 92868. Visit AAG.com for more information. NMLS number 9392. I'm LeSere Bradley, Jr., inviting you to join us each Sunday morning for the Baptist Bible Hour and a message of God's sovereign grace. Together, we'll know our sovereign God better and reflect His grace more perfectly. Join us each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. for the Baptist Bible Hour. Half Price Heroes, here's the latest from TheIdealDepot.com. New grads and those who want to complete your degree, here's a great chance to do it. 